Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepasswordcom slash ProductiveConvo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there, and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now... You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. Welcome to the Productivityist Podcast. I am your host, Mike Vardy, and this week on the show, I have the author of Beyond the E-Myth, Michael E. Gerber. 
the one and only. He's on the show this week. We talk about how to go from a company of one to a company of a thousand. We talk about kind of what the mission of this book is and uh, how it's a, a movement of sorts. Um, so much to get into. I had a fantastic time talking with him. It was such an honor and privilege to do so. And so let's just get right into it because there's a lot of great stuff here. Here's my conversation with Michael E. Gerber on the Productivityist Podcast. Michael, thanks for joining me today. It's, it's truly an honor. My delight, Mike. Thank you for having me. So I wanted to talk, first off, I want to talk to you today about this new new book, um, because there are a lot of e-myth books, e-myth books out there, right? I mean, you're, you're, the, the pantheon of e-myth books are, you know, it's, it's, it's legendary, and you've got quite a few. Um, how, many, how many publications of, of, of variations of the e-myth have been put out there already? 28 books. And, and it's, you know, I mean, for various professions and, and, and it's, you know, it's one of those things where I have a lot of my audience members, a lot of my, even my coaching clients say, oh, you know, have you read, have you read the E-Myth? I'm like, yes, of course I've read the E-Myth and I've read the E-Myth for Visited. <laughs> and the new book Beyond the E-Myth is really, you know what, if anything, this book is the one that I've been waiting for for a while, because as I was reading it, it, it dawned on me that this is the thing that I'm building. You know, the, the evolution of an enterprise from a company of one to a company of a thousand. And, and before we started talking, I talked about how my wife's upstairs doing some administrative stuff. We have some assistants and, and things. And what I want to get into today is the idea of, first off, I know I was a company of one and, and, and you know, have struggled to get out of that uh, into this, this higher level of this enterprise. So what is, like, what is a company of one? Like, and, and where, how does this book kind of help that company of one scale up? Well, a company of one is very easily defined, and everybody will know whether they are or not when I describe it. A company of one is simply a company that depends upon the owner. Mm -hmm. In short, you take the owner out, there is no company. Or if there is a company, it doesn't nearly approach um, what it was or did when the owner was there. So... Most small businesses are a company of one, whether they got six people, nine people, 20 people doesn't really make any difference because it all revolves around the owner. And then how So the owner yep. creates a company that depends upon him. Right. And, and, and I feel that, that I'm that way because a lot of the stuff that I come up with is IP. And when you read the preview, I had a chance to read the preview of the book. We talked about McDonald's gets mentioned quite a bit because it's kind of it's I think it's a great example of a company that's basically uh, was was initially, you know, two guys. Right. And then Ray Kroc came in and and he kind of said, let's 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 build something. Let's build a, a turnkey operation so that we get, other people can do this. You were were you ever a business of one? Like when you when you were building your business, I mean, you're obviously a business of one to start. Did you start? Was that? something that you recognized quickly and then said, okay, hold on a second, I need to shift this? Or was, as you mentioned this book, was it you've always had this idea of when you started your business that it can't be just me, it has to be able to scale exponentially? Well, our business, uh, I started in 1977. It was called the Michael Thomas Corporation. Ergo, I was Michael, he was Thomas. We called it a business development firm. And in fact, it came to be the very first business coaching company on the planet. When I started it, I didn't start it to become a coach or a consultant. We didn't call them coaches then. We called them consultants. Mm -hmm. 
I didn't start it to become a coach or a consultant. I started it to invent a business that could deliver a product, a service, in the hands of relative novices, but with the intelligence that we call then artificial intelligence system, a business development system that we could deliver to very small companies at very low cost with very high impact. That's how we positioned it. Why don't you think a lot of businesses start out with that in mind? You talk about the four four ideas and we'll, we'll, the four different uh, segments of it. We'll get to that in a second. But why do you think a lot of business owners, when they start out, myself included, just think, I'm going to start a business, I am the business, and and that's just the way it is. Why don't you think people give it as much thought as you did? Well, it may be simply because I was already mature, meaning I was in my early 40s when I started. Right. I wasn't an entrepreneurial wannabe. I never really was interested in entrepreneurship or business. Um, it just came about as a consequence of a number of different things that occurred. So call it serendipity. Um, it just happened. But when it happened, it happened in a way that led us, my partner and myself, to see it as a franchise. So from day one, the conversation was to see it as a franchise. And um, that meant that we were going to build a franchise. Not a job for Michael or a job for Tom. 99% of the guys who go into business don't start it to build a franchise. If they ever decide they're going to do a franchise, they do it long after they start their business. They start out with a little restaurant. It simply goes well. And somebody says, hey, man, I'd love to have that restaurant in Milwaukee. And they say, nah, well, you know, I don't know. And so they convince them to franchise it. And it just sort of willy-nilly happens. Um, in most cases, that's what happens. In our case, that isn't what happened. So you might say that I was the um, the... Um, opposite of what most people do when they start their own company. Most people are what I call technicians suffering from an entrepreneurial seizure, meaning they want to become their own boss. They want to do what they know how to do, but they want to do it for themselves, not for the guy they're working for. So very often, the guy who starts his own company is already doing what he's starting his own company to do, but he's doing it as an employee of somebody else. I don't know if that was true of you. Uh, I'd say so. <laughs> okay, yeah. So that's why, you understand? So yeah. I could do this on my own and take home all the money. Well, you know, you could only scale so far. That's what I've recognized with my own self. Anyone, anyone that's been listening to my podcast for a while really, has heard my journey and knows, okay, Mike Mike is stretched. That's all he can do. And what what you mentioned the, in, in, in the book is you talk about how to, if you're already established, how to make that shift. And can you touch on the whole idea of old co versus new co? Because I used to, and up until I, you know, had the chance to read this, I'm like, ah, oh, but you know, I, of course, I've been doing it wrong. I've been trying to apply it to the 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 
the existing thing. So if we could talk about like that transition from old co to new co, I'm, I'm sure that I'd I'd get it coming right from you, but also my audience would kind of go, okay, what what does that mean? Well, it's very very simple. I've been in the business, we've been in the business. Emith has been in the business of, as I call it, fixing broken businesses. So effectively, all of our clients have a broken business, and that's why they're attracted to our story, the story in the E-Myth Revisited, the story in E-Myth Mastery, the story in the E-Myth Manager, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So they're attracted because they want to fix the broken business they've got. So we built a system for doing that. The only problem is it's the most difficult thing in the world to do. Because you're going to work, in quotes, on the business with all the mismatched things that have been created willy-nilly as you started your company. And it's almost impossible, literally, to fix it permanently. Because there's so many resistant um, energies to that, you know, the guy who's doing this, the guy who's doing that, uh, your assistant, your financial guy, your, and on and on, all the people who all got their own opinions why it's not working. So going in and fixing what's not working is the opposite of what I decided I was going to do. And that's what brought about beyond the e-myth, the evolution of an enterprise from a company of one to a company of 1,000. I was going to invent a new way to do what had to happen if small businesses are ever going to succeed. And that came about with this two minds. Um, the, one part of me focused on old code. That's the way we make our living. That's what you do, Mike, old co. Mm -hmm. That's your current operating business. But the other mind focused on new co. Meaning if I could invent this all over again, how would I do it? If I could do this without having to fix all the stuff we've, you know, created, how would I do it? Well, first of all, I wouldn't do it so that it depend upon Mike Vardy. I do it in a way that didn't depend on Mike Vardy. What would it depend upon then? a turnkey system that would enable me to scale it as far as I wish to. As I say, from a company of one to a company of 1,000. So rather than me working with Mike to fix old co, rather than Mike working with his client to fix old co, and you know what that's like because you do it, how about instead we start with a blank piece of paper in beginner's mind? That's the positioning of beyond the dream, beyond the e-myth, a blank piece of paper in beginner's mind. And we start that by beginning the conversation in a different way. I want to have the conversation with Mike Vardy, the incipient entrepreneur. I want to start the conversation with Mike Vardy as though you were Steve Jobs. I want to start the conversation with Mike Vardy as though you were this extraordinarily robust entrepreneur who's conceiving of a company that can grow to become an enterprise to the finally moment when you actually are acquired. 
So you're going to be acquired by Apple or you're going to be acquired by Facebook or you're going to be acquired. You understand you're going to be acquired. Mm -hmm. That was one of the things I noticed right away in the book was it kind of took me aback because it's like you, you start the business not to to have the business forever, but to sell it. And the first thought that came to mind was, Oh, but it's mine. Like, which, which, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, how do you get people to get, and I want to get into the, the, the four, the four kind of core components, but I definitely want to touch on this really quickly, which is, is when people have that thought, cause that was my first thought was, but, but it's my thing. Like, why would I want to sell it? Why, why is that? First off, why does that Mike, feeling come ultimately, up? Ultimately, yep. it's because of mortality, Mike. Yes, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, Mike, how old are you now? I'm in my early 40s. I'm 42. Right. You're 42 years old. So you are almost exactly the age at which I started my company. Right. So you're at 42, but I wanted to think 72. I wanted to think 62. I wanted to think 52. I wanted to think about the evolution of your life as you begin to think about the evolution of your enterprise. You're building a product for sale. You're building a legacy. So in our new positioning, we say every life a legacy, every small business a school. So Mike Vardy has the opportunity at 42, this young vibrant age, the young family, to go to work on NUCO to conceptualize something you'd never conceptualized before. And the presumption, of course, is that there's a way of doing that. Mm-hmm. But you understand, that's my presumption in any case. There's a way of doing everything. So instead of simply creating a company dependent upon Mike Vardy, it's called the Mike Vardy Show, what if we were to create a company called Widget, and it's the Widget Show? Well, what does Widget do that Mike Vardy doesn't do? Damned if I know. But I'm going to figure it out. Why? Because when I'm done with Widget, it doesn't mean me. Ergo, I can expand it far beyond my own capacity, my own capability, my own sensibility. That's entrepreneurship. That's what entrepreneurs do. Everybody else on the planet doesn't do that. They create a lifestyle business. They become a solopreneur. They create a job for themselves, no matter how grandiose they want to make it. And essentially, I'm saying the difference between the two is the difference between night and day. And, you know, as I when I as I was going through the book, I uh, I, I thought, yeah, this is exactly, you know, it, it, it tapped into the idea of service and help and how I want to do that. And, you know, the solopreneur thing, definitely not for me. And, and what's funny is is when I sat down and, and looked at the idea of the dreaming room, which, I, yeah, we're going to get into, I thought this is this should have been done eons ago, and I'm glad that it's NUCO now that I'm looking at and doing that. So why don't we talk a bit about what the dreaming room is and the, the four components that are in, inside of that, that platform for exponential growth. Great. Well, let's look at the platform for exponential growth inside of you. Sure. So in essence, the four categories, the four qualities, the four personalities – 
are really something that I'd done before when I spoke, talked in Emith about the small business owner. The small business owner has three personalities, the entrepreneur, the manager, and the technician. Unfortunately, very little entrepreneur, almost no manager, but a lot of technician. In short, they all go to work, doing it, doing it, doing it, busy, 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 busy. But I took, in this process, decided to then take apart the entrepreneurial personality. In other words, what is an entrepreneur? Well, in the conversation with myself about what is an entrepreneur, I had to look at what an entrepreneur actually does. What an entrepreneur is and what an entrepreneur does are very, very, very straightforward. First of all, an entrepreneur is a dreamer. Think Martin Luther King, I have a dream. Listen to Martin Luther King, tell his story, I have a dream. I want you to imagine for a moment, because Martin Luther King wasn't, however, an entrepreneur. He was a visionary. But imagine Martin Luther King's dream being expressed by a guy like Steve Jobs or a guy like Mark, Mike Vardy. Mike Vardy says, I have a dream. What's the dream? The dream is the great result I intend to produce by inventing this company that's going to have a profound impact on the world. What world? We'll get to that. So the dream is the great result. The second personality within an entrepreneur is the thinker. The first is the dreamer. The second is the thinker. And the thinker has a vision. What's the difference between a vision and a dream? Well, a vision is the form my company has to take in order for us to realize that dream. And so in my case, my dream way back in 1977 was to transform the state of small business worldwide. That was the great result, the transformation of small business worldwide. Well, that's huge. Well, how are you going to do that? Well, I'm going to do that by inventing the McDonald's of small business consulting. Now, the minute I say the McDonald's of small business consulting, you immediately think system, 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 system. Obviously, I'm going to create the McDonald's of small business consulting, meaning it's replicatable, it's transformational, it's differentiatable. It's going to do something that's highly manageable and low cost in the hands of ordinary people, but producing an extraordinary result, McDonald's. So I now have a dream, now I have a vision, but now I've got a purpose. The storyteller has a purpose. The dreamer has a dream, the thinker has a vision, the storyteller has a purpose, and our purpose in my company way back then in 1977 was to make it possible for every independent small business owner, tiny guys, to be as successful as a McDonald's franchisee. Well, holy crap, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that because nobody's ever done that. 
Most small companies aren't as successful as a McDonald's franchisee. Most small companies are a disaster waiting to happen. They all fail. That's a remarkable thing to say. They all fail, but they all fail. So those are the first three important components of an entrepreneur. The fourth is the leader. The dreamer, the thinker, the storyteller, the leader. The dreamer has a dream, the thinker has a vision, the storyteller has a purpose, and the leader has a mission. My mission was to invent a business development system that I could then hand off to a relative novice, our coach, who didn't know anything about business. But through the utilization and then mastery of our business development system, he or she could then deliver the Michael Thomas business development program to small companies everywhere in the world. Turnkey. Just like that. Nobody had ever done it before, Mike. That's what we did. So the minute I tell you that, you can see that becomes then the platform, the foundation for what? Well, in our case, the Michael Thomas Corporation. In your case, Mike Vardy's whatever. In Steve Jobs' case, Apple. In you, you get my point. Totally, totally. So absolutely critical. And so the dreaming room is really the vehicle through which we awaken the entrepreneur within anybody who owns a small business or wants to by helping that individual discover their dream, their vision, their purpose, and their mission, and helping them to articulate it so that, in fact, they can not only feel it, and write it down, but they can express it. And that becomes the story you tell from day one in your company. And that story then takes form visually, emotionally, functionally, and financially. To become the design of an emerging entity, I'm calling an enterprise. From the very beginning, a company of one, in our case, it was Michael and Tom. You understand? A company mm -hmm. of one. Two guys who didn't want to be consultants. Old co, meaning when we began, sure, we went out and got business. We went out and became consultants. But while we were doing that, we were working on new co. You understand? Our end game wasn't that Mike and Tom do this. Our end game was that it does this, it being the Michael Thomas Corporation, it ultimately becoming Emith, it ultimately becoming Michael E. Gerber Companies. Now, I'm saying that because we've been through this, and we've been through this hundreds upon hundreds upon thousands upon tens of thousands of times, I finally came to the conclusion I got to make this simpler because we made it very, very complex. If you've read E-Myth Mastery, you can understand how complex we've made it. And I'm saying, screw that. We gotta make this simple. I gotta make this so simple that any dummy can do it. Michael, this, is, this has been a phenomenal conversation. Um, I know you've got a lot of other discussions to have happen today. I really appreciate your time. People, the, the book comes out December 7th, right? Yep, book comes out um, December 7th and they can acquire it 
at www.beyondemyth, emyth, beyond one word, emyth is E-M-Y-T-H dot com, beyondemyth.com. If they want to find out about everything we're doing, and everything we're doing, Mike, is a movement. And I really want to get you immersed in the movement, mm-hmm. Mike, because you really understand it. You really got it. And so I really want to get you immersed in the movement because we're going to grow this exponentially to transform the state of small business worldwide, become the preeminent provider of economic development services worldwide. Every small company deserves to grow. Every life a legacy. We need the help of every single person listening to us right now. Get the book, read the book, take in the book just like Mike did. And then let's talk about making it happen. Thank you so much for taking the time today, Michael. Everyone, pick up this book. It's 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 the the great part is it's it's a short read too. It's you you walk through things step by step by step. It's I love it, and uh, I want to thank you again for taking the time to be on the show today. Mike, terrific. Thank you. And that does it for this episode of the show. Now, we did talk about a few more things in the Patreon edition of the show, and you can grab that by going to patreon.com slash productivityist and becoming a supporter of the show. Uh, There's lots of other perks that line up there as well, so head over there. That's patreon.com slash productivityist. There's a good additional 10 minutes or so of conversation with Mr. Gerber alone right in that episode, just exclusive to Patreon supporters. And then we can have a discussion because we do that with Patreon supporters in our exclusive Slack community. So again, head over there to patreon.com slash productivityist if you'd like to support the show and get the additional content as well. Thanks to John Polster for producing this week's episode of the show and all the shows leading up to this point. If you want to get the show notes in that, you can head over to the blog post or look in your podcast uh, player of choice. They'll all be there. And I encourage you strongly to check out the book Beyond the E-Myth. I had a great time chatting with Michael and, and uh, it's again, it was I'm so great, grateful that we were able to do it. That's it for this week. Thanks again for joining me. This is Mike Vardy, the host of the Productivityist podcast and founder of Productivityist, reminding you to stop guessing and start going.